Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're interested for more content like this and podcasts in the future, stay tuned to Zendependently Minded because it's only going to get better from here. The world is in our hands. Let's do something with it. So once again, thank you to everybody who's tuned in on this episode of Zendependently Minded um, and MMA Minded. On this episode of MMA Minded, I just want to talk about uh, the official announcement of Conor McGregor coming back to fight Donald Cowboy Cerrone at UFC 246, January 18th of next year. Um, this is actually being recorded on November 30th. I wanted to wait a day, see if we can get any more facts, see if we can get any trash talk, tweets, details dropped by Dana White, the UFC, Conor, Cowboy, any of that stuff. It's a good thing I waited, waited too because... They also officially announced that Tony and Khabib has been made for April 18th, UFC 249, which is pretty exciting. It is a good week to be a UFC fan, so I'm just going to talk about those. I'm going to break it down, and I'm going to make my official predictions. Even though it's early, I'm excited. I am excited. Uh, The beginning of next year is shaping up to be a great year for UFC, um, UFC fans alike. January is Conor McGregor's long-awaited comeback. February, I believe, is John Jones' title defense against attempted title defense against Dominic Reyes. March, we don't have anything yet, but I bet you Henry Cejudo takes that slot. And then April is Tony and Khabib. So it's going to be a good first quarter of the year. But starting off with Conor and Donald Cerrone, I, at first, initially was a little surprised that Connor is coming back at 170, but now that I think about it, uh, I follow him on all social media. Well, I only have Twitter and Facebook, but I follow him on those social media platforms, and he's been looking pretty bulky. He's been looking buff, thicker, um, which is a little worrying, but it's also exciting because he had some he had enough power to put Nate Diaz down um, three times in their second fight and if you can put a welterweight down a natural welterweight then he got some good power and he's looking the biggest he's ever looked but at the same time more muscle equals more mass which is more weight and it makes you tired faster so hopefully he's been working on his conditioning his conditioning has been his biggest flaw if anything worse than his ground game because his ground game his ground game defense is good when he's refreshed we saw it against Eddie Alvarez. We saw it against Chad Mendez. He got one nasty elbow over the eye um, when he fought Chad Mendez, but he didn't even get close to getting take down, taken down against Eddie Alvarez because he was fresh. In the Khabib fight, he had a big layoff. Probably wasn't in shape. There's a lot of things that went into why he lost that fight. But if he has truly worked on his endurance and, and he's smart enough to know that Cowboy Cerrone can go the distance, uh, especially because this is going to be a main event fight. It's going to be five rounds, of course. I don't ever see Connor fighting a three-round fight again, um, unless it's in the distant future and it's like jujitsu match or he's desperate like BJ Penn was. But that being said, I'm really excited to see this matchup. Cowboy Cerrone is the real people's champ. He's got the most wins in UFC history, most finishes. Um, he's got the most fights in UFC history, I believe. Um, he's 36 wins. Um, 
I respect Cowboy Cerrone. I'm not going to say I'm a huge fan because I haven't followed him as much as I followed other fighters like Israel Adesanya, Connor, Max Holloway, uh, fighters like that, John Jones. Um, a lot of those guys are guys that were up and coming while I was growing up and why I fell in love with the sport of the UFC. Of course, I know all the greats, Hoist Gracie, um, Mirko Krokop, all of the legends of the UFC. I'm aware of them. I've watched their fights. It's just I have a certain bias, a recency bias, because because of the age of the UFC that I'm watching right now and the era that I'm witnessing before my eyes. That being said, um, I don't think this is going to be a pushover fight, but I definitely favor Connor. Um, and I'm sure the betting odds do too, if they're out yet, I'll have to check those. Um, I think, I think I actually had, I haven't looked at the number specifically, but I heard that Connor is opening up early to be a three to one favorite, which is not surprising because Donald Cerrone has just come off two, technically two knockout losses. Um, that knockout against Justin Gaethje was pretty rough. Justin Gaethje has some power in his right hand, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about him later. Um, I have nothing good to say about him, but we'll save that for later. But long story short, Conor McGregor's back January 18th. It's like an early, early birthday present for me because my birthday's in October. I was a little worried that this fight wasn't going to go down because of all the UFC fight contract um, problems like Alexio Linick dropping the UFC fight night contract for January 18th, John Jones being slated to fight UFC 246. I was like, ah, I don't know if Connor's going to fight in a UFC fight night. Um, I don't think he would have let it get in the way because he looks motivated as ever and a little humbled to come back. And what I'm hoping to see from the fight buildup, I want to see respect. I want to see a focused Connor McGregor. I want to see trash talk, but like the trash talk he had with Nate Diaz in the second fight. You could tell that he was more focused. He wasn't as cocky, but he's going to have some of that McGregor confidence, some of that Irish confidence, uh, the reason everybody loves the guy and why. One of their big reasons why I'm his biggest fan. So my official prediction for this fight is actually it's going to be a second round knockout for Connor. Um, I think the first round is going to, there's going to be some fireworks thrown and it's probably going to be a not a significant strike heavy round but definitely going to be a little bit of a feeling out process Donald Cerrone has longer reach than Connor so I think Connor's gonna do a lot of weaving in and out um but we're gonna have to see how that goes I just think that the first round he's going to be feeling it out and he hasn't fought in um it's gonna be a year and a few months once he fights Cowboy and he hasn't won in three years so it he's gonna be have he's gonna have to knock the rust off for sure and he's just going to have to feed into the crowd because what some one thing that i learned about real life and with the ufc is and just with any sport or anything in real life is that the online community does not represent the real life community because i used to get worked up over the Atlanta Falcons, because I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, I used to get worked up over Falcons fans on the internet and all the bad things they were saying about Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, 
Dan Quinn, our head coach, and I didn't understand. I was like, I, how could you be a fan, but you're on here talking all this bad stuff? And I've been to two Falcons games before. Nothing but love, nothing but respect. It was just all heart, all support and cheering at the game. Same goes for the UFC. I've never been to a UFC fight, but if you go to Twitter or you go on any online forums, you see like Colby Covington supporters, you see fans talking about how they'll fight Justin Gaethje and they'll beat him up or they'll go around with John Jones. But when you go to the fights or when you watch the fights on live pay-per-view, there's so many Conor McGregor fans or so many Justin Gaethje fans, so many John Jones fans. It's just... The online community doesn't rep. It's not real life. You get to hide behind a keyboard and talk trash, like they're actual Twitter keyboard warriors that will say that they can fight and beat a UFC fighter. Um, I've been talking trash to Justin Gaethje, but I'm not saying I could fight him or beat him up because he would probably cripple me for the rest of my life if he hit me with his right hand. But that being said, don't feed into the trolls. Connor is going to have a lot of cheering when he comes back, UFC 246. Moving on to the next topic, uh, Khabib and Tony has been officially announced, um, and both fighters have signed. Apparently, Tony Ferguson had been negotiating, bargaining. He probably wanted more money. Um, another thing that I have thought about is I'm wondering if there's a rematch clause in there. I'm wondering if Tony Ferguson or maybe even Khabib bargained uh, an immediate rematch clause in there to where whoever wins, regardless, they have to rematch. And that's something that I've thought about, but I'm not sure if they would do that because Khabib's 28-0. His dad stated numerous times that they're going to retire at 30-0. Um, and I think he wants to fight GSP for his last fight. I don't think he's going to give Connor the rematch. Um, but... This fight has been booked four times, so I want these guys in bubble wrap. I want them being driven around, and I want them to have the lightest possible sparring sessions coming up. And any media day obligations, just look to the last four times they fought, because I've wanted to see this fight uh, since the beginning of my UFC uh, involvement and my UFC intake. So... I just I want I want this fight to go down regardless. And something interesting was brought up in the Joe Rogan podcast with Faraz Sahabi, who is George St. Pierre and Kevin Lee's trainer or headman. Um Faraz actually said that if one of the two fighters was to pull out, George St. Pierre would be ready to go, which would be crazy. That would be absolutely insane. Especially if it was Tony Ferguson versus George St. Pierre, that would be an ungodly fight that would break all the records that would shatter all the records all that being said uh, my official prediction uh, is going to be one of two things the one that I'm leading more towards is a Tony Ferguson submission in the second or third round I think it's going to be a leg lock because you know how he is with his MNRI rolls um, I think he's going to put on the pressure. He's going to really put on the pressure on Khabib, unlike anything Khabib has ever experienced in his life. He has never fought a fighter that has as much pressure as Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is going to cut him, and it's going to start getting Khabib. Um, he's going to start doubting everything because he's very calculated. He sticks to the game plan. He doesn't panic. 
he's going to start backing up. And as he's backing up, Tony's going to go in and he's going to get him with a leg lock. It's going to be over. And I don't think Khabib's going to tap. I think his leg is going to be donezo. And that's going to be the end of the fight. The second way that I think this fight is going to end is going to be by decision. It's going to probably be majority decision for Khabib if it goes the distance. But I don't see it going I don't see it going the distance. Tony Ferguson's fights have not gone the distance since he fought Michael Johnson. And the only reason he lost that fight is because he broke his arm. He broke his forearm in that fight. And I don't see it going the distance. I I, I just think Khabib's going to get cut open and it's going to completely change the landscape of the fight. I'm rooting for Tony Ferguson because as I've stated in previous podcasts, he is my second, he's my opinion for the second best lightweight in UFC history. And the only reason he's not number one is because a million things get in the way of him fighting for the title. And now this is his chance. He's getting pretty old. He's 35 and he might be 36 at the time of this title fight. So finally, we get to see this fight go down. So my official prediction for these two huge fights is Conor McGregor knockout second round and Tony Ferguson submission third round. So to end this video, um, I just want to come out and say that Justin Gaethje is a punk. I think he is an overrated fighter. He's been talking a lot of smack. It's Conor McGregor lately, and I just laugh because the two people that have beaten, I know MMA math is usually wrong, but the two beat him, two people that have knocked him cold, knocked him out cold, Conor wiped the floor with him. He wiped the canvas with him. And I know he was a different fighter back then, but Conor McGregor would beat Justin Gaethje I don't think he's avoiding Justin Gaethje. He's just waiting for the right time to come back to the lightweight division. He knows that he has some unfinished business, possibly up in the welterweight division with Nate Diaz, possibly Jorge Masvidal. So we're going to see how that goes, but I definitely think we're going to see a Gaethje-McGregor matchup eventually. Um, I think it's funny that Gaethje is trashing Connor for taking the Donald Cerrone fight. Who did you just fight, Gaethje? You just fought Cerrone. And he's your friend, so if that says anything about you, uh, but anyways, I don't want to give that guy too much attention. He already is spouting all these CTE-isms on Twitter, making a fool of himself, insulting Connor as a father, stuff like that that is not necessary. But that being said, I can't wait to see Gaethje get his ass whooped in whatever fight he has next. I think he's... he. He's grasping for something to hold on to because he has nobody to fight. Um, Tony and Khabib are fighting, so he can't fight either of them. Dustin Poirier is hurt. Connor is fighting Donald Cerrone. So there's nobody for Justin Gaethje to fight. That would be a meaningful fight. So he's sitting here, and he's trying his hardest to get attention, trying his hardest to build hype, and I think it's pathetic, and I can't wait to see him get knocked out again. Thank you to everybody who tuned in on this episode of Zendependently Minded. Don't forget, the world is in our hands. Let's do something with it.